Welcome to How to Have Fun at Work. My name is Lynn Parker and I spent years doing something I was good at, but not having any fun. Then one of my clients told me women aren't funny. So I created Funny Women and the rest is history. In this podcast, I talk to guests from both comedy and business. They have a lot more in common than you would ever imagine. Our heritage defines us, whether we're aware of it or not. What is heritage? Is it about where we come from, where we live now, or the culture and environment we are exposed to? So many of us come from mixed heritage, particularly here in the UK. Then there's the celebration and curation of heritage, often with comedy. Now, this is a big topic, but I like a challenge. And I have two amazing guests to help me with this. Welcome, Gillian Warnes-Perry and Harriet Brain. Hello. Hello. Hello, both of you. Uh, now, it's so lovely to introduce you to each other as you both deal with heritage in different ways. So um, here you are. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely to be here. First of all, let me introduce Gillian Warnes-Perry, uh, MBE. Uh, Gillian was the co-founder and executive director of the Anne Frank Trust UK, which she set up in 1990, along with family and friends of Mr Otto Frank, Anne's father. Gillian retired in 2016 and now lectures on the life and legacy of Anne Frank, as well as other social history topics in the UK, the US and other parts of the world. She is an ambassador and advisor to the Anne Frank Centre for Mutual Respect in the USA, has spoken at the United Nations in New York, 10 Downing Street, and most recently the Clinton Presidential Centre in Little Rock, Arkansas. Her first book, The Legacy of Anne Frank, was published in 2018, and her second book, The Social History of English Afternoon Tea, is due out in spring 2022. And in 2010, Gillian was awarded an MBE by Her Majesty the Queen for her work in education. That is one hell of a CV, Gillian. <laughs> well, it took, it took a long time to get there. Because it was quite a few years. Yes. But I, I, I'd like to think that even in dealing with something as serious as the Anne Frank legacy, there's still quite a lot of fun to be had. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And, you know, I, I always said to my staff when I was actually running the trust that, look, we are dealing with a very difficult topic on a daily basis. You're imparting a very important history. And of course, when you're giving this history, you have to be serious about it because it's, of course, the Holocaust is no laughing matter at all. However, I always felt it was very, very important to have uh, levity and humour within the workplace um, because you can't be serious all, all the time um, and you know we feel we felt all of us very privileged to be doing the work that we were doing. My second guest is Harriet Brain who includes winning the 2016 Funny Women's Stage Award amongst other significant comedy awards including Best Newcomer at the Musical Comedy Awards. I mention this because Harriet dedicates a remarkably large portion of her comedic oeuvre to the to art history and departed historic figures. She has performed several times at the Victoria and Albert Museum 
and she was listed as one of Culture Trip's up-and-coming comedians of 2017. Her sold-out debut show at the 2017 Edinburgh Fringe was entitled Total Eclipse of the Art and earned her an audience with Jonathan Ross on BBC Two's The Arts Show. So, Harriet, a very different form of heritage. Um, You are also an art historian by day, aren't you? Um, kind of, yeah. I um, I work in a museum and I uh, look after and provide access to original works, but they're um, it's archival material mostly. We do get the occasional lovely drawing and little painting, um, but it's it's yeah, paper, paper stuff, <laughs> paper stuff, paper so stuff, not books. Anyway, oh yes, but, books, yeah, books, books as well, yeah, yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about what um, heritage means to us all. So the dictionary meaning is to do with property and inheritance. But heritage is the full range of our inherited traditions, things like monuments and objects and culture, such as the National Maritime Museum. And it's also about the activities and meanings and behaviours that we inherit and how we choose to preserve them. So both of you kind of are in that field. So um, Gillian, let's come to you and talk a little bit about your personal journey. You've already touched on this, but, you know, preserving Anne Frank's heritage, I mean, that is quite an epic uh, achievement. Tell, <laughs> tell, us a, t- tell us a tiny bit more about that. Absolutely. Um, you know, Anne wasn't British, so it's not a British heritage story. She was actually Dutch, of course. Um, but she was, at the end of the day, a teenager. And what we do with her story is really make all people, all young people who are around the same age, able to relate and identify with her situation. It's it's beholden to all of us in any way possible to actually preserve and pass on heritage. And I love, maybe it's because of sign of my age, but I love just as much as thinking about the present and looking forward. I just love looking back and thinking about my past life. I can just sit on the sofa sometimes and just think about... <laughs> I think we've oh, all had time to do a lot of that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just and think about yeah. my life in the past and, and everything that's happened and, and the people that I've met. And this is it's just so important that, that you know, whatever we talk about in the mm. past, we're sending a little, we're casting a little stone, we're sending a ripple into the future because whoever hears that has then got that heritage to pass on themselves. Well, let's, Harriet, I mean, this is not far removed from your day job, as we'll call it, at no, the at National all. Maritime Museum, because you are also preserving yeah. not necessarily old old people who are still alive, but dead people, you know, Young, people who have m- gone before. Like, yeah, when Gillian was talking about um, how, you know, obviously Anne Frank was a teenager, uh, a lot of the documents I deal with, because a lot of sailors went to sea very, very young. Um, so it's really, really fascinating to come across yeah, sort of documents from eyewitness documents from, you know, children, I suppose, who were working um, in sort of quite extreme circumstances, um, you know, whatever century it was, um, you know, 18th or 19th mainly, um, is what I deal with. But it, it really is amazing. And the little personal touches are obviously my favourite 
parts about the documents that I look at. So like the other day, you know, this happens all the time. You'll have an, like something that looks very official. It's in the official binding, you know, that the lieutenant has done his job very well. <laughs> but then he also happens to have done a little doodle of his wife or, you know, at, at the back. And it, it's, oh, it's, lovely. It's, it's that kind of thing that... Um, yeah, just really, really makes makes it a very cool job. Yeah, and just to sort of bring it full circle, you and I have worked with the Victoria and Albert Museum, mm. actually putting comedy on in those um, hallowed halls. And uh, I've I always remember when we've done the show, and then we've been standing around, surrounded by all these amazing artifacts. But you know, isn't it wonderful that you can take? sort of entertainment into that environment as well oh yeah it, it really was kind of a, a a bit of a dream come true because it it's my two you know my two great loves yeah. um you know doing silly stuff on a stage and in a museum at the same time um so yeah I, I it's it really is a great a great thing to do and you know and especially because my comedy so far and it doesn't show any signs of stopping by the way because I've just written two more songs about brilliant dead people um <laughs> oh my god I just I just can't stop I just can't stop myself um so yeah I, I write songs about people from the past usually quite famous people and you know that's that is history as entertainment and it turns out that that's what I do Harriet I've learned more about some of those dead people from your songs <laughs> <laughs> than anything else and Thank did you. you did you read the diary of Anne Frank when you were a I teenager yes yeah, so did I I read it at probably the same age as Anne was when she wrote it I think yeah, so did I um, and it was time yeah it was absolutely yeah. a brilliant thing to read I was maybe even slightly younger I think I was actually slightly younger because um, I remember finding it a bit baffling sometimes. Like um, I think it was, I must have read it pre-puberty because I found all of that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I found yeah. that quite baffling. So I must have been a bit younger, although I was a very late bloomer. Um, <laughs> but yes, I read it about that time, and I remember thinking like one of the weird thoughts that sort of like stayed in my head from that time was I thought it a this is a huge book. I can't believe a girl like me, you know, my has, has written this huge yes grown-up yeah. book because I thought it was massive in those days which I suppose it is um and also I thought wow this is two years of someone's of someone's life and obviously at that age two years is a huge stretch of endless time well you say that but and now we've I been think, in lockdown exactly. for 18 months <laughs> and it's really put it into, into perspective um but, uh, but don't yeah. bear in mind, of course, that Anne Frank didn't have the uh, joy of the internet, no, um, or, or able to watch Netflix or anything that we've actually been able to do during lockdown. So she wrote, she wrote, and she wrote, and she wrote. I mean, it is. I definitely think we should be pushing it out there to everyone. To you know, if you think you've had a bad time in lockdown, read the diary of Anne Frank. You know, I mean, that 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 was. And it brings the true horror of it. Um, I hope this isn't too irreverent to suggest in Gillian's company, but have you ever written a song about Anne Frank? <laughs> I was going to ask Harriet the same, actually. Um, I have not. Um, believe it or not, I find it a lot easier to make fun of um, uh, sort of people who are a bit less amazing uh, in every way, uh, as in, you know, slightly flawed characters, um, uh, you know, 
people who did some slightly naughty things are sort of slightly easier to make fun of. Uh, and I, it, it, I have written songs about people I really, really admire. Um, so it doesn't stop me. I still, I still could do it. <laughs> but I haven't, I haven't quite managed Anne Frank yet. Um, so, you know, I've written songs about like women in science, like lots of different um, uh, female scientists from history for a show that I did about women in science because both of my grandmothers were scientists. Uh, and I never really, I mean, you're saying, Julian, earlier about every old person has a story when, you know, when they were sort of young and vigorous. And my grandmothers were both extremely vigorous. Um, <laughs> but I didn't get to know either of them because they both died when I was quite young and it, so it was a, such a joy like asking my parents about them respectively and um, I ended up writing a song about them so I think if I could write a song about my own grandmothers and um, not hurt their feelings <laughs> um, or rather I guess my parents feelings I, I don't know um, I could maybe attempt Anne Frank but I, I it's it's a daunting prospect it, it is a balance though um it's, I mean, there are comedians who uh, have made Anne Frank jokes. Mm. And in some cases, actually, I have actually felt compelled to make a complaint to the BBC. I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, it's a really the reason, it's a fine so, line, isn't it? It yes, really is. Yes, it is a fine line, Lynn, because the reason being that there are Holocaust survivors still alive. Yes. Yeah. Um, who uh, are direct contemporaries of Anne Frank who find this offensive. And secondly, by making Anne Frank's experience flippant in any way, although, by the way, she did show great humour when she was writing her diary. I was going well. to ask you about that. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of humour in it. Yes, yeah. yes, there is. a very sardonic humour, actually, mm. particularly about adults and their behaviour. But um, it, it also is, as that generation of Holocaust survivors die out and, you know, that they are... They are doing so even now. Um, uh, there is so much danger that the facts will be distorted um, mm. by people who have uh, less than benign um, uh, wishes to do that, you know, who want to actually revise or deny the Holocaust. So you have to be so careful about making that experience flippant in any way. Um before we move on, I'd just like to say that Harriet, Harriet's um, depictions of characters are very uh, well measured, and oh, they're, 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 <laughs> I have never found anything offensive, uh, and so I really look forward to um, her musical parody of the uh, Diary of Anne Frank. Oh well, let's put the pressure on now. <laughs> What's up? This is How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker, the founder of Funny Women. To find out how to have fun in your workplace, visit www.herlarious.co.uk. As both of your experiences and our discussion so far demonstrates, heritage uh, does mean different things to different people. Um, you've explained that very well. But Gillian, just carry on on the subject of the the I mean particularly the Jewish heritage but you've already explained how important it is to you in terms of the the, the you know the lives of old people but what about going forward I mean what about you know 
the legacy of Anne Frank today? Well, that's actually the topic of, of my book and um, the, the lectures that I give, because the legacy is actually very surprising, um, because her story has been taken to really some very div divisive, violent, turbulent regions of the world, where young people, even from different sides in, in ongoing conflicts, have been brought together to learn Anne's story. Um, and what they can learn from it. So just to give you a couple of examples, Lynn, uh, during the Troubles in Northern Ireland, I did a lot of work over there, still very sectarian, divided communities. But we insisted that young people would be brought together from both sides, from the Protestant and Catholic side, to learn about the messages of Anne's story together. And um, I think one of the, my proudest moments when I was at the Trust was um, in Armagh, and um, for the first time ever, uh, young people from a Catholic and a Protestant school came together to create a cross-community newspaper called Anne's Legacy. And that just like is, is like the tip of the iceberg of the work that's been done in Anne's memory by teaching about her with young people around the world, all over the world. I mean, mm. I'm talking whether Japan or Kazakhstan or India, where they looked at her story and, and thought about the iniquities of the caste system that still goes on in India, or in societies in Latin America, where they've had a brutal dictatorships that have really divided communities, and bringing the next generation of young people together from from both sides, families that were on both sides of these, these terrible um, societal divides. So the story um, goes on and it has different messages for different uh, young people where they're located in the world or what their experiences. I mean, mm. in the UK, for example, we work in very multicultural communities where uh, young people from perhaps uh, uh, from the Indian subcontinent, Bangladeshi or Pakistani or Indian, uh, don't often get the the opportunity to mix with uh, young people who are from a purely uh, British background. And so we do this, we, we bring these people together. Um, and we also work in mono completely monocultural communities, for example, former mining communities up in the northeast of England, uh, with many generations of unemployment and low aspiration and hope. And uh, we give those young people the opportunity not only to learn about Anne Frank, but actually to become Anne Frank educators themselves and become peer peer educators, teenagers teaching teenagers the story of Anne Frank, which that responsibility give them, gives them a new level of ambition, aspiration for the future themselves from whatever sort of background, because we've given them the responsibility to tell Anne's story. I think it's an amazing legacy. Mm. Uh, and indeed, you know, it's the complete full circle of heritage, isn't it, about taking something so awful and dreadful and turning it to, to positive, positive effect. Harriet, um, Talking about preserving and passing on, uh, to, by day you're in this museum, um, then by night you're performing comic songs. I mean, what, what's your what's your take on heritage? What do you what does it mean to you? It's just consistently been specifically, I guess, the visual side of heritage. Although I am more and more interested in. Um, things like oral histories and, and things like that but yeah then, um, I think through, throughout my life I was just always very privileged to go to lots of museums and I just uh, it, 
and then I got into, I did a, an art degree, which really sets you up well for life, uh, <laughs> and that, uh, <laughs> for, for success, and I, and I um, then became extra obsessed with, like, the material um, preservation side of things, which then eventually led me to uh, archiving and the more back-of-house museum kind of job, where you literally look after things, which... Uh, are sort of decaying before your eyes and it's quite it can be sort of quite alarming um because you know you sort of think oh well you know it's been waiting centuries to be appreciated it can wait a few more but no no I'm, I'm very keen that everyone access this stuff as soon as they possibly can <laughs> because you know it it doesn't last forever um and I think yeah we all have a responsibility to to sort of do at least you know a fraction of, of what Gillian does and um but when did the song start when did the song start did that come about through work it came about through no I started doing comedy before I started doing museum work actually um or at least paid museum work ha 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 what a sector um <laughs> uh, so, so yeah I started doing comedy kind of at the end of my art degree really because we were all going a bit mad and we did an exhibition about me and my peers. We did an exhibition where we sort of took the piss a bit out of art and the canon and, you know, the very sort of male-dominated um, uh, sort of history that we found ourselves embedded in. And we all had a laugh about it. And I wrote my first songs for that exhibition opening. And I like instantly loved getting laughs. Absolutely yeah. loved it. So that was it. But we can we can really bring attention to history and heritage through humour and comedy. Mm. So it's an important thing. You're listening to How to Have Fun at Work, brought to you by Funny Women and Hilarious. So we've talked about history and heritage and comedy providing some of that backdrop to it um and obviously comedy has its own history literally from carry-on films which are terribly sexist when you look back at them now but they are a depiction of our times um to more modern historic interpretations like things like black adder and upstart crow my personal favorite so you know it plays a huge part doesn't it in in our in our communication so jillian um there is a big tradition of Jewish humour as well, particularly in stand-up. <laughs> Absolutely, yes, yes. I, I, I personally think Jews are great storytellers, so as Anne Frank was, you know, um, she was writing her story. But, you know, it, it is that tradition of passing on information. Um, we talked about, you know, the, se the sense of humour. What, what's your take on that? I think, well, sense of humour is just so important in so many aspects of life. And they say that, that jokes were even told in Auschwitz. So I'm sure they were. To just really to, to remind people of their own humanity. And I do believe that you can find a nugget of humour in every situation. Um, even when you're having, you know, a difficult phone conversation with somebody or, you can just find something that can alleviate the conversation uh, and re just remind us of our own you know, <laughs> humanity and our own, our own, what we have in common, because we all love to laugh. It's like that, um, 
you know, the the out of pain comes humour. You know, when you, yes. you know, I was just thinking of, for some reason, I was thinking about labour, you know, <laughs> when you're giving birth. <laughs> Not that you've done this yet, Harriet, but, you know, it Not is... Not to my knowledge. <laughs> Not to your knowledge. It, you know, you anything that's painful or difficult the 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 minute it's finished you know the laughter kicks in like a, a funeral is a great example isn't it yes, you know you've been to funeral awake. yes awake yes. yeah you know and humor is so important but there is a very particular thing about jews and humor and there's so many brilliant well-known jewish comedians and i just think it is part of the it's in the dna it's in the zeitgeist it is yeah. certainly is yeah. yeah it's in the dna mm. Um, Harriet, uh, silly songs, which we love, um, you know, uh, I, I still think of your Picasso song for some reason. I don't know why. I think that's my, I think you did that at the final. I, I think did. That's probably, it's yeah. an earworm. And the Rennie Mackintosh song, which um, I particularly like. Um, <laughs> I haven't, you know, they're just silly, but, you know, how else do you think we can use humor to make our heritage more memorable do you do you know, do you have any other suggestions or well people are doing it in sitcoms and sort of the historical sitcom is, is a great thing i think mm. as you were talking about upstart crow and uh you know that's i think probably the best the best way yes <laughs> um, yeah um uh uh and you know sort of what i do is i, I make something funny but very shallow kind of you know it, it's 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 you know a two minute at most usually song and the good thing about them is they get in people's heads and the information stays in their heads so as long as I remain sort of ethical and fill people's heads with you know to my best knowledge facts <laughs> rather than um rubbish uh then it's um it's all good but yeah I, I think the historical sitcoms are, are an amazing thing uh horrible histories is you oh, know, yes. absolutely classic yeah. uh i don't know if that would be more of a sketch show i suppose format format um but some um, other people are doing like eleanor morton is doing incredible oh, yes. short form sketches like character sketches uh uh, about historical places but also as historical characters which are absolutely hilarious so <laughs> yeah she's got it she's got a, a, an amazing way of doing it so yeah there are lots I think, of ways. I, I think what you're doing Harriet is absolutely remarkable because um in the same way that we bring Anne Frank to life as a person you know mm. through her writing what you're doing is actually rather than, you know, giving dry facts and dates, you're really making these people into people, you know, that, that had their flaws, that, that had things to be laughed about. And who knows, those very people that you're including in your songs might have had a wicked sense of human mm. Well, they probably did, yeah. I mean, William Shakespeare certainly did. And in Upstart Crow, I just love the way some of the direct prose is used you know as part of the script it's just it is so clever and what I love is that repurposing of heritage uh you know whether it be art or uh plays or anything I love that I mean I'm a particular fan of Chaucer I love Chaucer I think mm. it's very funny okay you have to read it in the translation but <laughs> you know some of it is so funny and my other favourite, Charles Dickens, he was the original comedian, raconteur, storyteller. You know, he was 
going, he was traveling the world, you know, doing, telling his stories, but a lot of them are very, very funny. Mm. So I think we've done Heritage Proud, actually. Thank you. Um, I'm going to ask you now to just uh, look at the workplace. Um, do you think that we have a heritage of humour in the workplace? What, what's your views on that, Gillian? I'd like to think so, <laughs> because however difficult, for example, uh, a work meeting can be, you can always swing it round and come out with a really good outcome by using humour and and particularly self-deprecating humour as well. Mm. You don't mm. have to direct your humour at a person, but you can insist you all you can give the impression that we're all in this together and we're all going to come out of this together and actually um, direct the humour at yourself and mm. uh, and the, it can it can be so valuable. What about you, Harriet? Do you use your humorous approach in your <laughs> workplace? Um, to an extent, I, I would say. Um, I, it's a bit bit limited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think it would, I think it would be frowned upon if I started singing in the library. Um, Give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not illegal. Uh, it's a free country. Um, but... Uh, no, I mean, I think a sense of humour really helps. Uh, I have actually written a song about work, uh, about the museum I work in, which is which always goes down very well, um, even amongst, well, especially uh, maybe amongst my colleagues, um, who are a right laugh, despite being librarians and archivists. <laughs> um, it doesn't hold them back. Uh, and as uh, Gillian mentioned, uh, especially using self-deprecating comedy, and that really that reminded me like instantly of um, another amazing uh, comedian that uh, uses art history, which is obviously Hannah Gadsby. Oh, yes, of um, course. Yeah. So, you know, those yet, yet another amazing example of using heritage in an extremely interesting way and kind of inverting it a little bit. And well, yeah, you've probably seen it. <laughs> Well I, have to, well, I have to bring this conversation to an end. Uh, but Gillian, before we go, what's your top tip on how to have fun at work? Lots of smiling. Oh. And um, uh, I made a point, actually, uh, we had a, a staff of about 35 at the Trust when I retired. And um, there were about 17 of us working in the London office. The rest were scattered around the country. But when I would get into the office in the morning... Um, I would, um, when I knew that everyone was in, I'd make a point of actually popping my head around every door um, and saying good morning to everyone oh. and just having a little bit of a laugh and uh, a smile in the morning because I think that is so, so important. Extremely well said. That's lovely. Mm. Harriet, what's your top tip for having fun at work? Sort of making the most of interactions, uh, basically the same as, as, as what Gillian was saying, um, whether it's interactions with your colleagues, um, you know, I, I do find myself sort of trying to make them laugh quite a lot, which then makes me happy. Um, but, but that might just be a weird comedian thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, also, you know, interactions with you know, I'm lucky enough to, you know, work with members of the public who often who are coming to us with their heritage and pride in their heritage and wanting to find out more about their seafaring ancestors or um, their enslaved ancestors and yeah just the empathy that comes with that I think just encourages a, a sort of um, a happy workplace. 
I think we've um, definitely worked out that heritage can also be a fun place mm. to people, explore. People are so enthusi- enthusiastic mm. about it, um, mm. about especially when it's their own heritage. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. A- academics can be less enthusiastic. Yeah. Um, we all like to know about <laughs> ourselves. Exactly. Right. So, Gillian, where can we find you? Um, you can come to my website. Very simple, Gillian P. Gillian with a G, P for Perry. Dot com, uh, so that you can see, uh, read about the, all the different lectures that I do, including on the legacy of Anne Frank. And um, my first book, The Legacy of Anne Frank, uh, is, is available on Amazon or from the publisher Pen and Sword. My new book uh, is coming out oh, next yes. spring, Past the Scones, The Social oh. History of English Afternoon Tea. Now that sounds like fun. And that it's sounds... great fun to research, actually. <laughs> I found a lot of interesting facts about a lot of very interesting people that mm. um, didn't know exactly what they were starting and that how uh, just a simple uh, idea can be handed down generations as a much-loved tradition. I think that's another whole podcast. I love it. It is indeed. <laughs> Harriet, where can we find you? Uh, well, I'm on the social medias at Harriet Brain, and uh, I have a podcast with Beck Hill and Dr. Lucy Rogers, which is all about tech, um, sort of the lighter side of tech, and it's called the Design Spark Podcast. Uh, there's uh, three series of that you can d- get your teeth into, uh, and I sing a song about a person or a thing. Um, in every episode Um, so that's where you can find some um, original sort of work and I've got loads of parody songs on SoundCloud and a few on YouTube as well so just search for me. You've both been absolutely incredible and uh, I think I'm going to have to leave it there even though I feel like we've only done the tip of the iceberg but maybe we'll do it all again and we'll have a very good laugh <laughs> Thanks very much. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You've been listening to How to Have Fun at Work with Lynn Parker. If you like us, please subscribe, review, and share. Chicken, 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 chicken.